Which investments should go in your traditional IRA versus your Roth IRA? And does that asset location depend on your age? Generating tax alpha to get better returns on your investments. That's today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 422. Plus, the fellas spitball whether to roll a TIAA 403B to an IRA or take the annuity. And they spitball retirement and Roth conversion and Roth contribution strategies for an overseas officer with a military pension and for Americans working abroad who qualify for the foreign earned income exclusion. I'm producer Andy Last with the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Get your money questions answered. Go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send them in as an email or a priority voice message like this one. Hi, Joe, Big Al and Andy. Uh, this is Michael in Colorado. I enjoy your show, been listening for a while. Could you spend a few moments addressing asset location, uh, specifically which assets are best for the taxable traditional IRA and Roth IRA buckets? I'm a craft beer drinker, drive a 2020 Toyota Sienna, and am retired. Thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. <laughs> Great voice. He's got it. Michael, oh. you seem too young to be retired. Good for you. Join the show. Right. <laughs> He's got a better voice than we do. Drink Put it that way. Craft beers. Yeah. Uh, Toyota Sienna. I don't know what that is. Sounds is that like a is that a van? I don't know. It sounds expensive. <laughs> um, it is. It's asset, a minivan. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, asset location. All right, <clears throat> let me take a crack now. Okay, cool. Um, the whole concept of asset location has to do with taxes. Yes, agreed. And so, when you're looking at what asset that you want to hold in which bucket, you want to kind of take a look at the characteristic of what type of income potentially that that asset class produces and you want to match that up with the bucket. For instance, let's say if you have an asset class that produces a lot of interest, um, a lot of income, you know, maybe a lot of dividends or things like that that could be taxable at ordinary income rates, right? Uh, you might want to put that in a tax deferred account because it's already going to be taxed at ordinary income. You don't necessarily want to put that in a brokerage account because then it's just going to spit that stuff out on your tax return, especially if you're reinvesting. Now you're paying taxes on you know, income that you potentially don't need. Sure. You also want to take a look at the growth of the overall asset class. So if you have a stock that has a higher expected rate of return than a bond, right? Because you're taking on more risk in a stock. Well, that growth over time should be a lot higher than a bond. So would you rather pay ordinary income rates or would you rather pay a smaller capital gains rate, you know, on that larger growth or, well, or pay nothing or pay nothing, which is, which would be the Roth. Right. So you're looking at a, a few different things here, depending on what your tax situation is in what kind of the, the amount of money that you have in each of the different buckets. So you have a tax deferred bucket, which is your IRA, 401k, 403bs. Those grow 100% tax deferred. And when you pull the money out, you have to pay ordinary income tax. So you want to damper the growth in those accounts. So if you want a little bit more safer asset classes in your IRAs than you would in your other asset classes, of course, this is all dependent on what your income need is. Right. And if you have just money in an IRA, then you're going to have all asset classes in your IRA. So let's be clear about that. But let's just say you have equal amounts in each, which is very hard to do. But let's just say you do. 
the way we think about it is you look at your asset classes and some have higher expected returns than others. So the ones that have higher expected returns would be small company, small U.S. companies, value companies uh, in the U.S., emerging markets internationally. Those might be some that have higher, higher expected returns. They're more volatile. Though, They're more risky. More risky for sure. And then the ones that uh, have less growth would be would be cash certainly, and or bonds, right? And so maybe you want to favor them in your IRA. Now, there's a lot of exceptions if you need income. There's tons of exceptions. We're, we're just giving you a general rule of thumb. So the way we think about it is go ahead and fill up your Roth IRA with your highest expected return Individual assets. stocks, if you want to hold yeah, individual yeah, stocks, right, right, you, know, right. you know, concentrated risk there. Anything that you feel that is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck, you probably want to put yeah. that in the Roth because yeah. all of that growth will grow 100% tax-free. Yeah. And let me back up one second. First, figure out what your allocation should be in your investments. And then when, once you do that, put your ones with a high expected return in Roth, put your ones with the lowest expected return in your IRA and everything else goes in your non-retirement account, your brokerage account, your trust account. So if, yeah, I think we could really get in the weeds here with this, but I think that's the premise of it. I, I think there, there's things that you have to consider. IRAs are taxed at ordinary income. So you want to dampen the growth. Roth IRAs, you'll never be taxed on again. So you want to you know, accentuate the growth. In your taxable account, you want to be more tax advantaged here. You want to be sensible about how you're investing here. Because if I invest in, in you, you probably want to have more stocks and bonds because A, if I take a loss in a stock, I can sell that loss and buy something back. I can do tax loss harvesting here, right? So you want a little bit more volatile asset class in your taxable account. Sure. And also, I'm going to pay a capital gains rate on it. But if I have a loss, it's going to offset the gain. So potentially, I'd pay zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you do need some bonds in your taxable account, then maybe municipal bonds, right? Because you, you, if you need income out of that account, then make sure it's tax efficient if you're in a high tax bracket. Right. How we look at it is, first off, is what's the overall allocation, as Al said. So this is the first step, is what target rate of return do you need to to have on your investments. And then, then you have to take a look at your tax diversification, right? How much money do you have in an IRA versus a brokerage account versus Roth account? Most people that we have met with over the last, you know, 20 years have most of their money in a retirement account. So that's why we've been big proponents on tax diversification. Get money into a Roth IRA. Be diversified from a tax perspective because as you start pulling money out, you can control the amount of taxes long-term. And then from there, then that's when you put your allocation down based on what your pools of money look like, how much money you have an IRA, Roth IRA, and your taxable account. So, you know, in, in simplest forms, your highest expected rate of return goes into your Roth, and then your lowest expected returns go in your retirement account. Yeah. Now, I'll make one other comment, and that is when people do that and the market tanks, and then they got all this money in a Roth IRA that they pay tax on, and now they see it going down in value, it's not going to feel good. I'm just going to warn you right now, we're talking long-term strategies. We're not talking short-term strategies. We're talking long-term because those asset classes, I mean, typically when you look backwards 20 years, what are the best asset class, best performers of asset classes? And invariably, not always, but usually it's emerging markets, it's small U.S. companies, it's value U.S. companies. Those are tend to be the winners over a long period of time. All right, Michael, hopefully that helps. Uh, I got, hello, Al, Joe, and Andy. I recently discovered your podcast and really enjoy it. My question is about asset location. 
little back to back there, big guy. Yeah, right. How about that? In past episodes, if I understood you correctly, your recommendations funding one Roth IRAs with stocks rather than bonds or interest earning assets because stocks are more likely to produce higher returns over an extended investment period. But doesn't this location decision depend on one's age? I'm 69. In the rate of return on bonds and CDs, with the recent rise in interest rates, wouldn't the Roth account be more tax effective at shielding ordinary income rather than the capital gains from the appreciation of stocks? Thanks, Glenn. Yes, but you would want to put your CDs and bonds in your retirement account, not your Roth account, because your your CDs are going to be taxed at ordinary income. So your IRAs are going to be taxed at ordinary income. You want to match the taxation there. You could put it into a Roth if you want to have 100% in, in safe investments. Yeah, you could. And I, and I think the you know, if you read behind the 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 words here, I think the question or maybe the thought is maybe I can make more on CDs and bonds because interest rates are going up and stocks aren't really doing so well. And that if you look back the last year, year and a half, that's that's a true statement. But long term, that does not seem to be the impact. And at age 69, I would argue you've got decades, at least two decades. I mean, people are living into their 90s now. So at age 69, it's not like all of a sudden you have to be 100% safe. You need growth because you get into your late 80s, 90s, or even past given modern advances. Think of your Roth even at age 69, 70, whatever age, you've got a lot of years to go. And now if you're 90 already, Right. And then he's but, probably not need, need the money in that. Probably don't need it. Now it's probably for the kids. So, right. So you probably want it in all stocks because you don't really even need it. But I understand the logic in, in saying, hey, I, I want to buy CDs because I'm getting a decent rate on the CD. Right. And the CDs tax at ordinary income. So maybe I buy my CDs in the Roth. And so then my, you know, tax equivalent yield on the CD is that much higher because I don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, I totally understand the logic there. But over the long term, stocks are going to outperform CDs, even given today's interest rate environment. Yep. So you want to match the taxation with the tax pool. So if I have an ordinary income producing investment, I want to have that in my IRA. Right. So if I have REITs that kick out ordinary income, I want to have that in my IRA. I want to have stocks in my uh, brokerage account and I want to have stocks in my Roth account. But 69, it all really depends on when he needs the money, too. Well, that's true. Yeah, that affects everything. Thanks for the question, though, Glenn. Uh, Great point. For a visual representation of what Joe and Big Al have just been discussing, download the free guide on why asset location matters from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Learn how owning assets with higher expected returns in your Roth accounts, lower returning assets in your 401ks and IRAs, and not holding income-producing assets in your brokerage accounts, for example, can generate tax alpha, resulting in better returns on those investments. Also now in the show notes, sign up for the live tax planning webinar happening tomorrow at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time for more tax strategies and live answers to your most pressing tax questions. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app. You'll see the guide and the webinar sign up just before the episode transcript. Dear Joe, Big Al, lovely Andy. Hi, guys. Brad here from Tennessee. I drive a 2012 green Ford F-150. My drink of choice is any high-gravity IPA. 
we now have a mixed mutt and a small Jack Russell puppy. Uh, we're down to five cats, but these belong to my wife. I've continued to listen to your podcast faithfully since my last question. Well, thanks, Brad. Um, I will turn 72 in a few months, and my dear wife will be 71. We are taking Social Security, which is about $70,000 per year. Uh, I've been retired for about six years now and have been using these low-income GAT years to convert IRA monies to my Roth and fill up that 22% tax bracket per your excellent spitball. Boom. And plan to continue this until my RMD start at age 73 next year. Presently, I have a combined IRA and 403B of $1.5 million, and we have Roths of about eight hundred dollars in a taxable account with another $1 million. Look at the big wallet on Brad. Yeah, he's got doing everything right. It's big bucks, Brad, <laughs> from Tennessee. No debt, four kids grown and gone, no mortgage. Wife owns a couple of farms in South Carolina and North Carolina, really just raw land with minimal cash flow, probably valued around $400,000, and also a small inherited IRA from her late father. Our total spending the past three years since I retired is about $120,000 per year. My question is, I have 250000 in a 403B with TIAA. I could either roll this into my IRA or annuities or annuitize this for an annual $23,000 per year. This would be a life uh, with joint of two-thirds to my spouse if I should pass within a 10-year certain period. Uh, TIAA or TIA seems to offer a much better payout than I could find on a SPIA on the open market, no COLA. It seems that regardless of the decision, we have ample assets to cover our expenses. But another stream of income would make life simpler. So should I roll this to my IRA or take the annuity? Your inside spitball would be appreciated. Love you guys and your delightful banter. I love you too, big bucks, Brad. Yeah, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't bantered much yet this show. Oh, got to work on it. We just got to get right to business, <laughs> Big Al. We got Big Al and Big Bucks Brad. Okay, a couple of things. $250,000, $23,000 a year. He is 72 years of age. So really the math is you want to find out what your internal rate of return is on the payout. So this is a tough calculation because we don't know when big box Brad is going to pass. Or when his wife's going to pass. Correct. So it makes it hard. We can just make assumptions on life expectancy. If he lives past, let's say if he lives 20 years. Yeah. Um, so he's 72. 92 is very, very reasonable. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to make um, $23,000 a year. You could take the lump sum of two fifty. dollars So you, you, you kind of have to figure out, well, what's my rate of return if I live 20 years and I get $23,000 and what's the alternative that I can do? Sure. So if I run the calculation at $23,000 per year, um, and if you live 20 years, it's roughly around 6%. So that's a guaranteed income stream. Make life simpler. 6% is a good rate. You know, go for it. Yeah, I it, completely agree. If you think you want more or if you want more flexibility, if you want to convert it to a Roth and do all this other stuff, then do that. The other thing that's only the thing that it's going to do to you if you want to continue to do Roth conversions is going to increase your taxable income. You're going to have lesser flexibility because he has to take an RMD next year, right? Yeah. And he's got $1.5 million in his IRA. So his RMD is going to be 
Oh, 60. 60,000? Yep. So then he's got $60,000 there. He's got another $23,000 if he annuitizes the TIA plan, which is in a 403B. So everything's ordinary income. So we're at 83000 And then he's got $70,000 of Social Security. Yep. So you're going to automatically put that annuitization rate into a higher tax bracket. Yeah, which you may not need. Which you may yeah. not, which you may not spend, right? Because your RMDs are going to be pretty sizable because of the the amount of uh, retirement account. So that's the math, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Either way, you, I mean, you're you're splitting hairs. I think a little bit, yeah, but either, either way is fine. Me personally, I I take a more simplistic approach. Twenty three thousand to two fifty. That's nine percent. That's a good payout. I know. I know it's fixed. In other words, it's not going to change. That the twenty three thousand is not going to change. Um, but, but he's got a, but 23,250 is 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. he's got to live 10 years to make a dime on the money, but he's got a 10 year certain period. So he's, he's going to do that. But he, but for him to make a penny on his money, yeah, he's got to make it past 10 years, him and his wife. And the odds of that are probably pretty That's high, right. but if him and his wife both die prior to 10 years, they yeah. don't make I mean, they get the twenty three thousand. Yeah, but let's say they die on their tenth, you know, yeah. anniversary of the contract. This yes. is morbid as hell. I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> right. So they get two hundred thirty thousand dollars on a two hundred fifty. I mean, they're, they're just getting their principal back. Yeah, agreed. But it's, so here's the current stats, though. A couple age sixty five. There's a fifty percent chance that at least one of you is going to make it age ninety two. So I'm going. I'm, this is what I would consider to be a longevity play. So if if one of the two of you lives a longer life, it's a great deal. I would do it myself. I think it's I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, Big I, Al thinks he's going to live into about 125. I, I will. I'll take the annuity payment. I got plenty of money already in an IRA. Yeah, so I'm, I'm good rich. with it. Big Al is so rich. <laughs> I'm going on. If I were Brad, oh. not myself. <laughs> Thought you were talking about yourself again. <laughs> I guarantee. Yeah, I have so much money, but I would still take the. Well, I mean, big bucks. Brad's got a ton of cash. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. but I, right. So you, you look at the internal. If you want the math, look at the internal rate of return. If you want simplicity, we'll make it past ten years. You'll make a couple of bucks on your money. I say go simple. All right, go ahead and take the duty. You know, considering Joe and Big Al are often seeing your question for the very first time when they sit down to record YMYW, they do an amazing job spitballing on the fly, and it's a great first look at your situation. But we would highly recommend scheduling an in-depth assessment of your entire financial picture before you make any big decisions about retirement. The team of experienced financial professionals at Pure Financial Advisors can help you determine how much, if any, you should be converting to Roth, how you may be able to pay less tax, whether you can collect more Social Security benefits, and they can ensure your investments align with your risk tolerance and your retirement needs and goals. Schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of Pure's seven offices in Southern California, Seattle, Denver, or Chicago, or via Zoom right from your couch. You won't pay any commissions because Pure is a fee-only fiduciary. They don't sell any investment products, and the law requires them to act in the client's best interest instead of their own. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, then click Get an Assessment and schedule your free financial assessment now. Going here, hey, hey, U.S. Grant. Um, Joe, Big Al, Andy, love the show. I'm a military officer currently overseas for a year, and I've enjoyed using the time to catch up on past episode after finding you. 
overseas can thanks for your service yeah for sure right when i'm at home i drive a little 2018 a volkswagen tiguan tiguan your guess is as good as mine yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like an suv i believe yeah um and enjoy an old-fashioned all right red wine and as many light beers as fit in that cooler on the golf course or at a football tailgate. Wow. Oh, sounds like you're kind of guy. This and I are like <laughs> two peas in a pod for sure. Uh, my wife and I make roughly $280,000 a year combined, of which close to $50,000 is untaxed allowance for housing, et cetera. Cars are paid off. And I was one of the lucky SOBs to get a good deal on a house while rates were still below 3%. We got two kids under four. We fund 529 plans for them. We spent the last few years getting our financial house in order, paying off old debt, setting up the kids up for success. So now we want to start getting ahead and thinking about retirement. I have just under $40,000 in my Roth TSP, and I'm putting 12% of my salary towards that and 35% in a Roth IRA or $35,000 in a Roth IRA. My wife has $32,000 in a traditional IRA. I've also got just under $200,000 or $20,000 in a robo ETF brokerage fund that gets a few hundred hundred bucks a month. I also put three dollars to $5,000 a year in a donor advised fund that gets invested. This year, our taxable income will be substantially lower as my overseas service paid isn't taxed. So I'm wondering if I should be trying to roll over my wife's traditional IRA into a Roth in a year that it won't cause a tax hit. Okay. I'm looking to get my retirement tax burden as low as possible, as I'll have a military pension around $50,000 a year. Uh, and then I plan to work for another 15 to 20 years after in a new career. Long story short, I'm making more money than usual this year, but will be taxed lower than I probably will be for quite some time. And my income and taxes will return to their usual next year. How should I be handling that? Roll my wife's traditional to Roth, start my own traditional and start back doors. Thanks for being both informative and entertaining. All right. U.S. Grant, Alexandria, Virginia. Usually. <laughs> Usually. Is that what ship he's on? No, that's where he normally lives when he's not overseas. Not overseas. Got it. Yep. Well, well, the answer is yes. Uh, do the Roth conversion because you're. It's she's got thirty two thousand. Go ahead and get it over with. You're in a low bracket. Uh, go ahead and pay that tax, and then uh, from that point, you've got a Roth TSP. She'll have a Roth IRA. That's uh, fantastic. You're you're going to be, as you say, maybe in higher brackets in the future as you start to transition out of military and start to make another income plus your military pension. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. And the second thing, roll my wife's, well, we did that one. Start my own traditional and start back doors to the Roth. Yes, that's another great idea. Uh, I don't think you need the back. You, you you may not. We don't know. It's based upon um, AGI. AGI, which we don't really know what that is. But um, if you're if you're if you're below the AGI limits, which is a couple hundred thousand dollars for a married couple, I mean, I'm rounding, then you can just do a direct Roth contribution if it's above that. Uh, and what I mean by that is taxable, like the non-taxable part of your income doesn't count. But if your AGI is is above that, then you might have to do a, a back to Roth to get the money into the Roth. Yeah, he's up to a good start. He's going to have a nice pension. Yeah. 
and he's going to continue to work with that pension. So, yeah. you know, his income could be quite a bit higher. Sure, you bet. Um, and he's still young. And right. so you got a lot of compounding for that thing to grow. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I would just look at what your taxable income is. I don't know if you convert everything this year, uh, but it's. It's only 30000 Well, 30000 is a lot of money for some people, Big Al. I know, but if you're in a loan-up bracket, is what I. <laughs> <laughs> until 30,000 I spend that well it's that big wallet talking Jeez. oh yeah, boy you can twist stuff can't you so <laughs> uh, but that's what I would do I'd convert the whole 30 grand uh all right okay cool sounds good um thanks again <laughs> for your service greetings from Singapore via North Dakota all right it's Jeff John Big Al where, what the hell is Singapore via North? Well, I guess we'll find out. Well, I guess we'll just keep reading. <laughs> My wife and I work at an American international school. About five years ago, the school began to offer a 401k for American employees. Here's where this gets interesting. Ooh, the plot <laughs> thickens. Yeah, right. Okay. Many Americans working abroad, including us, qualify for the foreign earned income exclusion. In 2023, this exclusion allows us to deduct $120,000 of earned income each from our taxes for 2023. We have been told by the 401k plan sponsor, U.S. based, we can contribute excluded income to a Roth 401k, which is income that has not been nor will ever be taxed. I'm not sure this is allowable, and I hope you and the team parentheses team can help clarify i can see parentheses um how we could contribute to a 401k non-roth and then apply the fe i earned income exclusion yes i understand <laughs> uh for the remaining income to be excluded but how can we use excluded income, income that is not first taxed, to contribute to a Roth 401k? I don't know if I should celebrate or be concerned. I know IRAs and 401ks are different plans, but we are not allowed to contribute to an IRA without having earned income, which is income beyond the foreign income, foreign earned income exclusion. Um so what do you think there, Big Al? Is this permissible for an IRA? How is this allowable in a Roth 401k? Yeah, it's a great question. Here's my understanding. Um, don't necessarily take this to the bank, but my understanding is you have to have earned income in the U.S. that's not subject to the foreign earned income exclusion to be able to do this, to get money to a 401k, to get money into an IRA, to get money into a Roth IRA. That's That's what I've always heard. I, um, I think later on you might ask something about you want to, you want a, a a code section? I don't have that for you off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, that's that's how um, that's how I've always been taught. Uh, is is you you in other words, you have to have earned income that's on your U.S. return to have a U.S. retirement account, right? Now, if the if the foreign exclusion is one hundred twenty thousand and you make one hundred forty, well, great, you got twenty thousand extra. Yeah, you could use that right for your four hundred one k. You could also use, yeah, yeah, for your 401k and or Roth IRA. How is, how does, so let's say I'm in Singapore with Jeff yeah. working. Do I pay Singapore tax 
in American tax, but then I get the tax credit based on the, yeah. or, or no, that's a foreign tax credit, not well, necessarily the, the income yeah. exclusion. Well, let me explain. So typically you work in a foreign country, but you're an American citizen. So you pay taxes in both places, pay taxes in Singapore, you pay taxes in the U.S. The taxes you pay in Singapore will be a tax credit against U.S. taxes. It's not always dollar for dollar, but that's the concept. That's the normal rule. Now, there's a there's an exception, and that is if you have earned income in a foreign country, the feds, the IRS says, you know what, the first $120,000, we don't care about it. So you're not going to report that here in the U.S. There is no foreign tax credit because we're not going to tax it, right? It's only taxed in Singapore. So now what we're saying is, can we then, if we got less than $120,000 of, of income that's subject that I'm, I don't pay any tax, can I do the Roth IRA, regular IRA, 401k? The answer I've always heard is no, you can't. You have to have taxable earned income in the U.S. to do a U.S. Um, retirement, retirement plan. plan. But he's saying that, all right, hey, I'm talking to the the plan administrator, which is an American um, administrator, yep. and they're telling them, go for it. We have been told by the 401k plan sponsor, US-based, we can contribute excluded income to the Roth 401k, which is income that has not been, nor will ever be taxed. I'm not sure this is allowable. I, so Jeff, is he's got a conscience. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm not sure it's allowable either. So here's what I would do. I would go back to the sponsor and ask them the same question. Show me where, show me the uh, IRS code that says like we can do this because I've never heard that. Do you think the plan sponsor is as smart as plans as you and I are? Uh, probably smarter. <laughs> because uh, you and I don't know. That's yeah. like, hey, we're just spitballing with what we know. Is is but but that's the real answer. And t- talk to the plan sponsor and get get the get the code section that you can utilize. And you know, all right. Here's the real question: If you're Jeff, are you putting income into their plan? Uh, I would. I guess I would want to find that out. And here's here's why: because. You could do this for years, and then all of a sudden the IRS would catch it and say, you know what, this Roth IRA of 500000 isn't really a Roth IRA, <laughs> and all the income and, and, and gain could be taxable. I don't know. I, I would I would make sure it's right myself. Okay. But I'm a CPA too. Yes. Um, and I have a conscience. <laughs> I, I would say the plan sponsor told me I could do it, and then I would call Deborah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Jeff. Which wish we had a better solution we, we did our best al's back from his travels the car drink pets and farms of big bucks brad and top heavy once again in the derails at the end of the episode so stick around help new listeners find ymyw by telling your friends about the show and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for your money your wealth in apple podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of those seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Back live in person here. It's been quite some time. Yeah, it's been a month since we've been face-to-face doing the show. Yeah. 
You've been all over the world. Yeah. New Zealand, Hawaii. Yeah. Living in rough life. <laughs> I drive a 2012 green Ford F-150. Wow, green. Yeah. 2012, right? You sound really excited about that, Joe. <laughs> That's thinking about Brad here from <laughs> Northeast Tennessee. Right. Oh, high gravity. Yeah, there you go. What the hell is high gravity? Does that mean like potent? It's got to be good. got to be really good. <laughs> I think that means potent. Yeah. I don't want a low gravity. It's uh, and anyone. Doesn't matter which one. Yeah. It's just bring, all of them. bring on the high alcohol content. Uh, it is actually a brand name. Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. Uh, we're down to five cats. Oh, my God. Just the smell. Down to five cats. Five cats in the green Ford F-150. <laughs> but maybe they stay in the wife's car. Uh, they belong to her. Wife owns a couple of farms in South Carolina and North Carolina. Really just raw land with minimal cash flow. I like how he calls them farms, though. Yeah, right. He owns a few farms. Got a cow on it. <laughs> maybe uh, occasionally. Maybe. Do you think the plan sponsor is as smart as plans as you and I are? Uh, probably smarter. <laughs> because you and I don't know. That's, that's, well, what's, what was your name? Deborah? Should we get Deborah on the line? Yeah, yeah she would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm only saying what... I wonder my, if it's top heavy. You know, I... Uh, uh, we don't use top heavy terms and so i put the plans a little top heavy so that's why you can get excluded no you're mixing (laughs) tests 